Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially independent. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and start to live the life they truly desire. Get ready to be uncomfortable. It's not easy to unpack our thoughts and behaviors, but we will learn so much about ourselves in the process. I'm super excited for you to join me on this journey. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Megan Dwyer, and thank you for joining me today. So today we're going to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, Target. I have so many things to talk about when it comes to Target. My four-year-old likes to tell people that the playground is his favorite place to go on the weekends and mommy's favorite place to go on the weekends is Target. But in reality, we have this love-hate relationship. I mean, I love Target because it has absolutely everything and it's one-stop shopping, and their stuff is cute. So I can pick up paper towels, diapers, and at the same time treat myself to a new pair of shoes. It feels productive, but also fun at the same time to take a trip there. And this is the exact same reason why I equally hate Target. It is impossible to go in and buy just the items that are on my list. And I know I'm not alone here. (laughs) I've talked to a lot of other moms who feel this exact same way. I don't think there has ever been a time where I've gone into a store and not made an unnecessary purchase or spent more than I had planned to. Target's marketing is genius. It's so easy to lose sight of what you actually came in for. I can spend hours there. It's like this black hole that you get sucked into. I don't know about you guys, but since becoming a parent, I am now so easily distracted. And I'm sure that's because I'm juggling so many different things all at once. The dollar section and the seasonal section are the absolute worst for me. I convince myself that I need this ravioli stamp because it's only $3. When in fact, I never actually needed it, nor do I intend to use it anytime soon. And this is, this, this is a very familiar concept, and it actually has a name. It's called the target effect. It's this idea that as a consumer, we go into a store to pick up a few routine items and walk out with a cart full of items. What's so interesting about Target in particular is that they have this way of making you not regret your unplanned purchases because the things that you're buying are typically items that you do want or need. You just didn't think of putting them on your list ahead of time and didn't realize you needed them until you were in the store. For me, it's a little different though. I'm usually on such a high when I leave the store. It's not until I get home and I look through the things that I bought that I start to feel a little bit of guilt and regret. And I think this is only the case for me because I have my antennas up um, pretty high and I'm very sensitive for the, these different marketing strategies that stores use to try to get you to spend more. For me, the guilt is really more about the impulse aspect of it all. I'm going to do a whole other episode on impulse buying and guilt, but I want to briefly bring it up here. Stores like Target, 
So the essentials, um, milk, paper towels, and also non-essentials like the um, red, white, and blue headband that you convince yourself that you need to wear for the 4th of July. Because the headband isn't expensive, it's easier to justify the purchase to yourself. It's like, because it's so cheap, it's not really going to matter in the long run if you buy it or not, right? But then I get home, if I buy it, I get home, and I think to myself, is this really practical? Um, I'm only going to wear this one day out of the year, and and then I'm going to shove it in a drawer and probably never remember to wear it again next year, right? And so this cycle of guilt begins. And I know... Um, in my personal opinion, that for the moms out there, I think we're particular, particularly susceptible to this. Um, Target has built this kind of cult-like status for parents. And I think there's a number of different reasons for this. The first one, I think, and this is probably the biggest one, is that the store creates this environment. Um, essentially, it provides this escape from the chaos and the stress of our everyday lives at home. As a mom of two very little boys, uh, going to Target for me without them, it's like a mini vacation. Like I get a chance to recharge. I get so excited about the possibility of taking two hours to myself and going to Target on the weekends. The culture, our culture has made this so normal and it's actually we've even encouraged everyone to remove the guilt around shopping because you're buying necessities for your family, right? So I'm going to Target. I'm buying all these other things for everybody else. Why, why is it a big deal that I'm going and I'm spending two hours there? It's also uh, a more socially acceptable place to go when you need a break from the, from the stress in the everyday than like a bar. It, it is. If you to- went and told told your family, hey, I'm going to a bar for two hours, they'd say, what? But if you say, hey, I'm going to Target for two hours, okay, no big deal. Target also has, um, as a brand, they make the shopping experience fun. You can get Starbucks, you can stroll the very clean and well-organized aisles, I have to say, um, in peace and just kind of relax. No, I have to, nothing in my house is clean and well-organized, so it feels really good to go, and it makes me want to stay longer and ultimately spend more money. It's a very radical shift from the experience of running errands from when I was growing up. I also read something recently about Target's logo, and this, again, shows their pure marketing genius. The, sim- the simplicity and the color almost provide the sense of comfort for parents whose lives feel chaotic. People see red as this fun, fiery, very bold color and, um, and the color of love. Meanwhile, white gives this sense of cleanliness, of spaciousness, elegance. It evokes this kind of mini high, I think, for people where um, it increases the dopamine in your brain and you just feel good because things feel peaceful. Another reason that Target has this hold on parents is its brand identity. Target projects this image to parents as fun and fashionable. I am certainly one of those moms who identifies with this, especially since becoming a mom creates so much uncertainty and identity already. 
I struggled big time with, with this concept of identity when I first had kids. And honestly, I still do. You're not who you used to be. And you don't know who you are now because your life has been turned completely upside down in so many ways. It's like my identity as a parent can become wrapped up in a store like Target. When I leave the store, I shop for all these different aspects of my life. I've gotten birthday kit, bir- uh, I've gotten birthday gifts for a cousin's birthday party. I've gotten myself exercise clothes. I got a new top to wear to, to work um, the next day. And I walk out feeling like accomplished and competent. Um, it's this idealized, idealized self-image that you see in Target ads showing these very happy, competent parents. So in a way, the store creates opportunities for parenting wins, like ways to live up to this, this again, idealized image of the perfect parent. Um, yet another marketing very interesting and kind of cool marketing tool that Target uses to attract moms is to send those who registered, um, who, who registered for their baby showers at Target, a onesie for the baby to wear that says first Target run. They have, the company has studied and seen how many moms have shared that their first outing with the baby after baby's born is to Target. Um, they feel safe. They feel comfortable. They have a very warm, opening, welcoming environment. And the company capitalizes on that. The connection between Target and identity also has to do with the company's values and stances on specific concerns that parents have, like its support for breastfeeding mothers, um, gender-neutral clothes, store accessibility for families with special needs. It becomes a brand that parents are proud of and that's very socially conscious. And I personally also identify with those values. So you're all thinking, oh my God, Target is crazy. Um, <laughs> why does it have this trance on me? Well, all we have to do is just be aware. So here I, ha- I came up with some tips to help you deflect the Target effect and to just have some more self-awareness when you go into a store. Um, the first is go with a list, um, I, and you can still go go with a list and buy a bunch of things that are not on the list. But at least if you go with a list, that kind of centers you a little bit more. It gives you um, it, it, an idea of what you're specifically looking for, what you need to accomplish, and it just helps with the distraction in my mind. The other one is use a basket, not a shopping cart. This all depends on what you're buying and, and the quantities and the size of everything. But in general, a shopping cart, using a shopping cart just gives you more space to throw in unplanned items. When you use a basket, you've got to carry it. It's heavier. You're, well, you're more aware of the things that you're picking up and putting in and in, in, in ultimately purchasing. Um, the next tip is use cash. Leave your credit card at home. When you use cash, and nobody uses cash these days, but when you use cash, you only spend what you have. When you use a credit card, it's like this concept of monopoly money, or if you don't see it, then does it really exist? Um, and credit cards, we'll talk about credit cards in a whole other whole other episode, but, um, but credit cards have a, have a good, ultimately good purpose, but if you don't use them responsibly, then 
they are not a good thing for many people. So I suggest using cash. Therefore, you will keep to what's within your budget. You'll keep to what, what you have actually in your wallet. And the last tip I want I have that I want to share is, okay, so you're a target. You see this, this item that you absolutely must have that you weren't expecting to buy. My recommendation would be to just imagine yourself in the future. Think about it a month from now. Are you going to be using it? How are you going to be using this? What is your life going to look like with this with this new item that you so desperately need or have to buy? Um, depending on what it is. I mean, is it, if it's a toy for your kids, are they still going to be playing whatever cheap game that it is that you bought? Um, is the home decor actually going to even look good in your house? Are the shoes that you're thinking about buying comfortable or are they just going to leave blisters on your feet? Just some things to think about to keep in mind. Um, I would say nine times out of 10, the answer is, you know, you probably know you don't need this. You can put it back. Um, but if you do, if you do still really want it, give it a couple of days, think on it, sleep on it. That's the old adage, right? Sleep on it and see if you really do. And if you really do want it, then, then go back, um, and, and budget for it, put it in your budget. So you don't overspend on something like that. So in general, just slow down. Target can be wonderful. Um, and I still, again, I still love it. But I just have to, I just encourage you all to be more aware um, and conscious and mindful when you go into the store or shop online. If you're interested in hearing more and engaging with others on this topic, you can follow my um, private Facebook page at Money Isn't Scary. We're building a community of like-minded women willing to recognize that they have a right and responsibility to fight for their own financial security. That's it for today, guys. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. You can find more information and connect with a community of like-minded women looking to explore their money stories on the Money Isn't Scary Facebook page. And if you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. Thanks for listening.